for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Good day, everyone, and welcome to today's Living Life. Now, a common question that we ask and you know talk about in our introductions is about siblings and family, right? Um, so we all common we commonly ask, how many brothers or sisters do you have, if any? Um, and you know these days, kind of families are becoming smaller and smaller. Um, I myself am the youngest of three, so I have a brother and a sister, both older. My brother being the oldest, my sister, and then me. I am married to also the youngest of three. My wife um, is also the youngest of three. She has two brothers um, above her. And so two magnes, as they say in Korean, have come together and uh, we just had our fourth child. So we wonder what she's gonna turn out like. And uh, she's the fourth and you know, the, the youngest of the fourth and we're kind of curious what she's going to be like. Now, if you look at verse 29 of today's passage, we talk about, we read about the firstborn a lot, right? Now, the situation is actually very kind of dramatic, but yeah, let me read. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. So not just people, but even animals firstborn was struck down in this 10th plague. And, you know, today's passage is about the actual plague that comes to pass, but it's actually almost kind of anticlimactic. You know, after this one verse, after that, it's just kind of the aftermath. And you don't kind of see that dramatic plague happening as you may have seen in the movies. Because, I think, it's actually a part illustration of something that is much bigger to come. Let's read the passage and then we'll continue. Exodus chapter 12, verses 29 through 36. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne, to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon, and the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the night, and there was loud wailing in Egypt, for there was not a house without someone dead. During the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go, worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herds as you have said and go, and also bless me. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country, for otherwise, they said, we will all die. So the people took their dough before the yeast was added and carried it on their shoulders in kneading troughs wrapped in clothing. The Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. The Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people, and they gave them what they asked for. So they plundered the Egyptians. 
Two days ago, I spoke about the lamb that the families had to get on the 10th day of the month and then keep it until the 14th day before they kill it, right? And to drain it of its blood and then to eat it thereafter. And I spoke at length about how basically the lamb is the parallel um, of Jesus Christ. Uh, now, something that I learned in preparing for today's devotional um, about the lamb is actually kind of blowing my mind a little bit here because this, uh, the Passover is not simply a matter of one lamb replacing the Israelites' firstborn. And I think this is what I was kind of thinking about pretty much the whole time until now because there are actually two deaths if you really think about it. Now, the first one is obviously the lamb, the lamb that is slain, right? And you get the blood and you smear it, you know, using hyssop on the doorpost, and that what is the whole Passover thing, you know, process. But there is also um, the firstborn of the Egyptians, or more accurately, those who are not under the blood that is posted on the doorpost. So it is God purchasing, so to speak, the redemption of his firstborn Israel through the death of the Egyptian firstborn. Since, you know, that's, it's that catastrophe that led to Pharaoh calling for the release, you know, and the restoration of the Israelites back as a nation and to let them go, right? And so what am I talking about? Jesus, God's own son, his only son, his firstborn son, which is not a title that we commonly use, but if, if you think about it, it's absolutely true, became both the lamb and the enemy of God on the cross. Now, this I'm sure you would nod your head and you understand, but it is actually in today's passage. It is in Exodus. It is not just one lamb that died. It is the lamb plus the Egyptian firstborn. So Christ is the only son of the father, and he, like Israel, is the firstborn son in whom the father's favor rests. And Mark talks about this in chapter one. But here, you know, there's a twist. In the Old Testament, the beloved son, you know, Israel is redeemed through a substitution, right? The lamb that is killed by the families and then the blood being, you know, smeared on the doorpost, there is this substitution. And so the Israelites, they are saved through the Passover. But Christ, the firstborn son of God, is the means to redemption. Here is the twist and difference. And so by the sacrifice of the firstborn son of God, God's redemption of Israel is made complete. Before, it was just a part illustration, as I mentioned before, but now through Jesus and his sacrifice being the redemption is now complete. So the great irony is that the true firstborn son is not protected like Israel was, but he actually becomes the enemy of God. So in Jesus, he is both the lamb of God and he is also the enemy of God in one. In his death, God's firstborn son, Jesus, is more like Egypt in, um, than Israel in that he bears God's wrath. You know, and he says he's forsaken by God in his fellowship. But three days later, he is risen from the dead. And this fulfills another purpose, the exaltation of Israel or the people of God. And so through this special son, Jesus, God fulfills the redemption of, you know, not just Israel the firstborn, in terms of being the firstborn, but uh, as one commentator says, the late born, those who are after, those who in a sense have no or less inheritance. So with Jesus's death and resurrection, 
the true spiritual and ultimate status of God's people is realized. And so that is the people of God who are not firstborn. The people who are not firstborn, as they become the people of God, they become firstborn through union with Christ, the, the true firstborn son. Now, I remember being on a plane uh, with a deacon, one of our leaders, uh, many years ago, going to India to do a one-to-one mentoring school. And he brought this up. And I, you know, I was not as mature or educated as yet as he was. And he was talking about this very thing, how the late born, how those who are not first born are often elevated in the Bible. And that is absolutely true. Jacob, he was not the firstborn, but Israel, the nation, the people of God gets its name from Jacob. And then not just, you know, Jacob, but right, we have a whole list of later borns who become higher or greater than the firstborn. We have people like Abel, um, Isaac, Jacob, we already talked about, Joseph, David, Gideon, Solomon, you know, just to name a few in the Old Testament. All of them were later born, but they were exalted above their firstborn. So the death of Christ, the firstborn son of God, is what allows people, the late born, to become and to be raised to the status of being firstborn with Jesus Christ. And so that is why Jesus is referred to as the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep, in 1 Corinthians 15, and then um, also firstborn among many brothers in Romans. The resurrection is the first part of what is waiting for us. It is the resurrection of Christ, and through that, that we become co-heirs with Christ. In another word, we become, like Christ, firstborn children of God. Redemption is about people who are not firstborn, who, you know, are lesser born, later born, have no inheritance, who are not favored, you know, who are not, you know, loved more or actually loved less, but through the sacrificial, sacrificial death of the firstborn Son of God, through whom we, these late born people, become adopted and have the status of being firstborn. The Passover, blessing of Israel, has been extended to the whole world, to everyone. And all those who are in Christ, the Passover lamb, he has become, through him, we have become the children of God, the firstborn children of God. Amen. You know, the passage that says that we are co-heirs with Christ has always kind of blown my mind, right? That, you know, that we are adopted as sons and daughters of God. You know, this is kind of easy to accept, to believe, but that we are co-heirs, that we are on the same level as Christ. You know, my study and my devotion for today's passage has really helped me to understand, understand that one verse. We who are later born, we who have no inheritance, unloved, kind of left to make our own way in the world, through the sacrifice of the true firstborn Son of God, we are all now included as firstborn children of God. Like something that is impossible is now possible because of Jesus, that in Him, He who was the Lamb of God, who also became the enemy of God. So, you know, I was reminded of that hymn, just simple hymn, praise all hymn, praise God of all creation, you know, from, all, from whom all blessings flow. 
So can we praise God? Can we thank God for His Son, Jesus Christ, through whom you are a co-heir with Christ? And, though in, and if you feel unloved, though you feel, you know, you may have no earthly parents and feel abandoned, you have a Father in heaven and you are His firstborn son. You are His firstborn daughter. And His love for you is immeasurable. It is um, it was ridiculously crazy. Let us take heart, be comforted, and be strengthened by that. Amen? Let's pray. God, um, as I mentioned before already, we thank you. I thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. I praise you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who made possible something that is completely impossible and something that is something that my mind is still trying to kind of wrap around and comprehend and understand and even appreciate, Lord. But God, uh, your love for us, uh, your sacrifice for us in making us firstborn children with your very own firstborn son, Jesus Christ, Lord, we don't deserve that. And so, Lord, we thank you for the amazing grace. We thank you for your amazing love, Lord. And I give my life, I devote my life to you, uh, my heart and my love and everything, oh God. We pr I pray that I and everyone can be strengthened by your love strengthened uh, by the assurance of who we are in you. So we thank you for this day that you have created us, uh, that you have made for us to be your firstborn children. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.